What is good, America? It's your boy Sherman Obed back here once again, finally with a brand new episode here on What's the Word Entertainment. Glad to be back in action, of course. Um, feeling good, feeling good this week, ready to get it going. Obed, what's good with you, man? Living the dream. I can't, I can't say enough good things about being alive and not having COVID and my family being healthy and my friends all being alive. Uh, you know, I, I definitely agree with that, man. I will 100% co-sign that one. Um, got a returning guest this week for us, our, our, boy, our boy Chris, chilling out in Philly. What's good with you, sir? Glad to have you back on the show. Hey, guys. I'm glad to be back. I'm so happy to see you guys. I'm glad both of you are doing well and you are healthy. And honestly, I'm just very blessed to be here. Appreciate you guys having me. Absolutely. Glad to have you back on, sir. Um, dude, let's just get right into it. We got a lot to talk about. We haven't been around in a little bit, so get, let's get right back in the groove of it, man. 2020 has been a wild year, to say the least. I think we can all agree on that. So much show. Oh, bad. we got your boy Kanye West running for president so much. You know, this world, I don't know what the world is coming to, where we can actually possibly see a president by the name of Yeezy in office. I don't know if I don't know if America's ready for that, but <laughs> I digress. <laughs> you know, the 2020. I think we could all say 2020 has been crazy. Um, dude, let's just get right into the sports news in action here. Um, talk about baseball first, quickly. I know baseball baseball has been has been back for a few weeks now, almost a month, I think. Playing without the fans, it's a little bit different. I'm sure you guys would all agree. They're simulating the noise in the ballparks, things like that. But this traveling back and forth. Obviously, there has been a big outbreak in case of, of coronavirus running around, especially it started with the Marlins, then it went to the, the Cardinals, some games got canceled. You know, I think it's kind of just going to be an ongoing thing. Obed, do you think we're just going to see more of this if they don't play in some sort of bubble, at least, if they don't you know adapt what's kind of what's happening in the NBA? Uh, I mean, I think it, it aligns with their politics and they're going to do whatever they want. The, the audacity to think that you can add travel uh, I did appreciate that they shortened the season because the MLB season is just too long to begin with. But, you know, that dead air time of them traveling, going place to place, you know, not distancing, you know, not really wearing masks. I understand not wearing masks when you play, but your inability to co-locate in one place, the bubble has worked for the NBA, the bubble has worked for the NHL. It, it, we, people have proven that it works. I, obviously, we look at uh, international rules football. They have made it work with isolation. So, you know, MLB is just shooting themselves in the foot. I don't know how much longer they can go on, but you know, it, it has been fun to watch them play. Yeah. I was actually going to ask you my next question to Chris. Do you think they'll even get to finish the season just with, I mean, is it cause it, it could probably with this outbreak of cases, it will, it may continue. And it, without having a bubble, it's I think it's going to be quite difficult. Do you even think they'll get through the 60 games that they were supposed to get through? Uh, no, Sherm. Actually, I do think they will get through it because the majority of the outbreaks that you're seeing, they're mostly are in the South. They're in the higher population areas. Miami, you know, specifically, you know, this virus, you know, guys, it's going nowhere. It's purely based off of the positive test. So if you're going to base it off of the positive test, you know, this team gets five, this team gets six. Yes, obviously, this virus is going to continue to spread. So my opinion is yes, the season is going to continue and end, but we're not going to have a decisive winner. There's going to be no winner. Like, how do you say a team like the Marlins, you know, they don't get to finish half their games. Like, how do you determine that is a conceivable winner? That's a problem. Is that, do I think the season ends? Yes. But how do you decide a decisive winner? That's, it's a, this Complete. I, I don't know, guys. Like this. Chris, think, are you are you putting an asterisk on this end on the winner? Whoever be is the quote unquote winner. Are you just putting an asterisk and just letting it be there? Yes. I mean, I guess asterisk. Yes, but like, how do you even decipher what is an asterisk and what isn't? I mean, it, it, the, we've never seen anything like this, guys. I mean, never in the history of sports. You know, like you've never seen anything like this where a season has been afflicted by such an anomaly so like how do you decide what is a winner what is a not i mean it's it's unfortunate like i don't know i honestly yeah, I, don't here's the thing if this if other teams have a you know substantial outbreak like, like they had in the Marlins, like almost an entire team getting it things like that you know if the yankees it happens to the yankees let's say the angels or the dodgers things like that i don't think the mlb will finish these i was actually predicting they don't even get out of the month of august to be honest with you 
um, you know, but I think it's kind of slowed down a little bit. You know, there's more testing, more things being done. I think what happened within my, down in Miami and then with, with in St. Louis, I think the more teams realize, oh, no, let's take more precautions. I think they're doing more do, their due diligence even more now. So I think they realize, oh, crap, this is a real this is the real deal. We got to chill the hell, chill the hell out. You know what I mean? So I think that they since then, I don't believe there's been that many cases since that. It was that a few weeks ago now, guys. And yeah. I think it's kind of – so I think they've realized, you know, let's, let's get a hold of this before it actually gets out of hand and before we have to cancel the season because the commissioner actually did warn of a possible shutdown, you know. So I think they realized, you know, let's get it under control. So I think they, they – I'm kind of changing my tune where I think they'll be okay and actually get to finish the season out. So – yeah, I wouldn't just say, I think they got, they really it was the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks had a scout die of COVID-19 end of July that kind of snapped everybody in like, okay, let's, let's kind of get serious here about this. Um, now he was based out of the Dominican Republic, but obviously, you know, this individual is associated with the organization and acting on their behest. If he's a scout, go out there and do your job. He went out there and did job. Unfortunately he died. Um, but they have, they have, you know, NFL just came through. We'll talk about this later. Them not having any positive COVID uh, uh, tests from all of their testing, even though individuals on uh, what is that show? Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks yeah. and said that he actually had COVID. So you know, it's it's. I'm happy to see the due diligence, but I, I do think that more needs to be done. Right, right. Yeah, I'd love to agree with you there, Obed. Let's move along to the NBA, as we kind of were mentioning briefly before, how they're in this bubble out in Orlando on the ESPN campus. They're thriving out there. I think there has been any cases since really since they've all gotten onto the bubble. So I think this is the NBA is showing and Adam Silver has done a great job with this organization, you know, really getting getting it right. The NBA got it right. You know, everyone is quarantined. If you leave the, the bubble, you have to test while you're out, test negative for consecutive days, come back, still quarantine again, and test negative once again. So they're taking the upper, uppermost precautions, and I applaud the NBA for that ex very much so. So they're doing the right thing there. But it is weird, I will say, without the fans, you know, especially when NBA games are different. The NBA is no like any other sport because you have fans courtside, like on the court, right, can reach out and touch the players. You know what I mean? So it's definitely a lot different. Now they're getting into the playoffs how how really will how really different do you think Chris this playoff season will be without really there's no, there is no home court advantage anymore think about it because home court does play a lot I think in basketball the most home court is one of the, one of the biggest things in, in basketball playing compared to the other the other four major sports how do you think it's going to affect teams without having that advantage or disadvantage how do you look at it? no I think the NBA and Adam Silver have done a phenomenal job. Uh, so as the NHL, I know we don't talk about hockey a lot in this uh, on this platform, but honestly, both of those sports have done a phenomenal job with their bubble uh, formats. And and I think you know Adam Silver, kudos to him. He's always been on the forefront um, of all the you know league commissioners in regards to like what he's doing, what they're trying to do, listening and truly hearing what the players and what the representatives of what they're saying. You know, so I think they've done a great job. Um, to your point, Sherman, home court advantage is gone. It is gone. There is no such thing as home court advantage. I actually love what the bubbles have done. I've watched the NBA. I've watched what the NHL have done. The actual, like, from a fan experience, if you're outside watching on the TV, sounds exactly the same. It's a phenomenal. It's still the same exact experience. But being in it, yes, no. Hands down, there's no question that home court advantage is gone. There's nothing that's going to happen. So it's going to come down to who have the best teams, who have the best, you know, 8, 10, 12-man rosters. And I've been watching this. You know, I'm telling you right now, I was going in on Lakers, hands down, going into it. Maybe the Bucks as a second, but I'm telling you, the Clippers definitely have the best team built for this situation, built for the playoffs, built for what's going on in this certain situation. And you know what? You can try to say, like, oh, these guys aren't worth, you know, the, the championship you know, if they win it, that they're not worth it. But like, this is hands down the weirdest situation I've ever seen in my entire life as a professional, you know, sports fan. So, <laughs> professional know, like, sports fan, I like that. Professional sports fan. I've never seen anything <laughs> like that. That's why he's on the show, America. Listen, we don't have any fake amateur sports fans out here. Professional sports fans. <laughs> professional sports fan. Got, got the real deal. I like it. Coin the phrase professional sport. I like it, Chris. So let me, okay. So I guess I will ask you this question and then I'll, then I'll throw it over to Obed. 
who is your pick to win the championship now that they are in this bubble? You know, let me ask you, who's your finals matchup? And, it, you know, and who do you think wins? And is it the same as before without, with, prior to the bubble, Chris? I'm sorry, are you saying to a better to me first? Sorry, sorry, to you, to you. Go ahead, Chris. So who do you, who's in your finals and who's your championship? And has it changed? Well, well prior to the, to the bubble, I, Lakers, hands down, not even a question. Uh, with the Bucks, it's a close second. Now, I'm looking at the Clippers, and it's not even a question. Clippers have the depth, the, the, the defense, the, 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 the monster. Like, the, it doesn't matter. With, the Clippers, you can tell, like, walking into the head, it didn't have anything to do with them getting home court advantage or not. The Clippers, hands down, have the best overall roster. And now, because of the shortened season, certain things going in their favor, I would definitely say the Clippers. All right, so you're going with Clippers. Is that Clippers over Bucks? you're saying, in the finals? Clippers over Bucks in the finals. Okay. Oh, Betty, what are, what's, your, what's your finals matchup, and who do you got taking the title? Uh, I'm going to say it'll be the Lakers against the Bucks, and I have the Lakers taking it. Um, but I do agree with Chris that, like, the Clippers just seem to have the tenacity for it, the defensive mindset for it. I mean, you know – you know, Kyle Kuzma hitting a big game winning shot. Great. Right. But is he always going to be that guy for you game in and game out? I thought the, the one thing about this entire scenario, the silver lining for a guy like Kawhi, knowing that I, I don't know the last time he's been healthy, there's no way Kawhi Leonard is not healthy. There's no way Kawhi Leonard can't go out there and play all of the minutes of the game because he's probably at his tip top because he hasn't been running through the rigors of a regular season. Right. And we, he would probably be playing now after, you know, uh, what is what is that resting uh, game maintenance you know uh, taking his maintenance schedule and not playing what maybe three four nights a week you know depending on what the schedule looked like right um, so you know I, I think it's going to be a great uh, Western Conference final um, that I'm assuming is going to be between the Clippers and the Lakers uh, uh, but we'll see we'll see I just you know looking at what Dame Lillard is doing and the and the resurgence of Melo Dame um, Dollar. Dame oh, time. Dame. Put Dame. some Dame. respect on Yo. Dame Dash's name. Oh, Yo, my goodness. I'll tell you right now. Da Damian Lillard, if that man does not get with another championship tower player, and all respect to C.J. McCollum, great all-star player. But if Dame Dollar does not get to get paired with another all-time great and give that man a chance to win one chip, that is one of the biggest shames in NBA history. Because it that would be man, a travesty. That man – is something else. That man is Kobe Bryant. That man is Michael Jordan. That man is something else. He just needs a Scottie Pippen. I'm just saying it right now. Dame yeah. Power just needs a Scottie Pippen. And CJ McCollum. Bring, bring Devin Scottie Booker. Pippen. Bring Devin Booker to oh, uh, Portland. I, oh. <laughs> Here's the thing. At some point, it's so funny that you say that because Dot, we know Dame signed a huge extension a couple you know, last year, a year before. He's in, He's not going anywhere. Booker just signed a huge extension to Phoenix. Two great young players who are on – Portland's on, I guess, sort of a average – a little above average team when he performed. You know, they did well at, you know, last season or two, but they're not going to win a championship. Booker on a Phoenix in a sub subpar team, as we know. They're not going anywhere. But, man, if you can get those kids together somehow or, you know, give give Damian give Damian a, a Paul George, you know what I mean? Give him, yeah. give him a Kawhi Leonard, something like that, you know? Oh, my goodness. Because, you know, it is 100% Dame time, man. He's doing things like it's, – it's, as in the words of Stephen A. Smith, he's a bad man. Send, send Damian – send Dame Dollar, Damian Lillard to the Dallas Mavericks. I'm telling you right now, send him to Dallas Mavericks. Oh, give him Porzingis and, and a point guard. I'm telling you right now. I know. You heard me. I'm telling you. I don't think they make it work on the They, they, the they couldn't afford it. The, the Dallas couldn't. Mark, even though Mark Cuban got money like that, he couldn't, oh, he couldn't afford it. But he send can, him to Porzingis and Luka, and Luka Doncic as a point. Done. You are talking at four or five, six championships in a row. Luke and Damian Lillard would do it at a discount because he's almost 30 years old. He would do it right now to win championships. Well, no, like, remember, he signed the extension. so Because those are all selfish, selfish Dallas players. Is, Dallas would have to pick up his contract, and I don't think they can afford to do that, to be honest with you. They're they, all selfish because, players on that team. Because here's the thing. Porzingis, he just wants to win a chip. He doesn't, he doesn't care if he's number one. He's out of his New York days. He doesn't care if he's a chip. You look at Kristoff, <laughs> like, look at that team, guys. Imagine that. 
Dude, that would be nice. That would be Damian definitely needs to go. But anyway, let, let me get back to my point before about the finals really quick before we move on to the NFL. Um, I'm going to go with the same thing that Obed said. Um, Milwaukee with the LA Lakers, the Lakers taking it. You know, don't be surprised if the Raptors kind of give the Bucks a little scare. I think the Bucks will win. The Bucks are just, I mean, Giannis is just too much. He's too much of a, a man child for anyone else. You know, he's just a beast. So I don't think Toronto has enough to get past them. Um, but don't be surprised that let's say let's say that matchup happens. Let's between the Eastern Conference Finals. Let's say with Milwaukee and Toronto. Don't be surprised if that goes seven games. That's all I'm saying. Um, but I will say that I'm going to say Lakers over the Bucks in six. That's what I, I will say for for, uh, for the for the championship. Let's move, let's move it along to some NFL uh, some football action. Dude, we've had a lot a lot of football news in the past few weeks since we've been off. Um, <clears throat> Jets traded All Pro safety Jamal Adams to Seattle. Great pickup for Seattle, man. I mean, that kind of gets the Legion of Boom kind of maybe sort of back in action, you know, possibly. But I think they kind of gave up a little too much. Uh, I gave up, what, first-round picks in 2021 and 2022? Dude, that's kind of two first-round picks and a third-round pick? I don't know. Is it it worth it, Obed, to pretty much – hemorrhage the fran- the future of the franchise for us for one player a, a safety mind you this is not a, a a quarterback who can change your entire team's offensive game or or a prolific running but you know but for a safety even though jamal Amos is nasty let's not get it twisted fellas he is nasty but is it worth it for a safety to get two you know, two first rounders and a, and a third rounder for basically hemorrhaging their future no I mean, point point blank, no. I mean, the you know, it makes me look back at uh, David Johnson and draft picks going to uh, Houston for Deshaun, uh, excuse me, for DeAndre Hopkins and, you know, some mm-hmm. draft picks. None of the draft picks involving at least one first-round pick for what is arguably a top three, top five wide receiver in the NFL in his prime right now. I think we all can agree that trade was ridiculous, but let's yeah. move on. <laughs> and, but, I mean, you're on the same cusp here. You're telling me that you're, you're leveraging the farm. Jamal Adams is not worth two first round draft picks. Jamal Adams is not worth two and a third round pick. You basically traded one starter for three starters, two of which could probably be all pro players. I mean, what, what it makes no sense. Right. And I understand that these are high level thinking individuals making these maneuvers. Uh, and and uh, to your point, to your uh, comment about the legion of boom they are missing so many pieces when you look at what the legion of boom was you need to have a shutdown corner on one side there is no richard sherman over there anymore you may have replaced uh, uh earl thomas with jamal adams but jamal adams would have to become earl thomas because earl thomas came into his own in that position right like he was able to do so many things because underneath he's got a guy like cam chancellor laying the wood so he can just kind of stand around and snipe balls and get interceptions um i don't think that defense from the games we've seen of them is anywhere near that and adding one safety regardless of what Teron Matthew did for uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and he was more of a box safety than playing back 20 yards from the line of scrimmage uh, is not changing the Seattle Seahawks defensive outlook to now that like they're a world beater Uh, they're still going to get cooked up on defense this this, I think was honestly a bad trade yeah I think I think the uh, uh, Seattle gave up too much good good to the Jets (laughs) get him in them picks they definitely need it they need they need some off, more offensive firepower for Sam Donald. I'll say for sure. Chris, you're quickly. Well, your they're thoughts. stacking. They're stacking picks to get rid of uh, Adam Gase and do something else. They, 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 Adam Gase will not get to use these picks. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Chris. Qu- quickly, your thoughts on the trade? No, honestly, I thought everything you said was 100 on point. I don't think anything beneficial has come out of the trade. Um, I, I don't want to linger. Honestly, I thought Obed was perfect in everything he said. So, uh, I mean, that's it. Honestly. Yeah, I, I got you. I got you, dude. Oh, Obed is of your. Speaking of your your former team, the Patriots. Man, they got a lot of players opting out in this season. Um, but they did pick up one prolific dynamite, former MVP in All Pro Cam quarterback Cam Newton, signing a one year deal with New England. I obviously we have to go to Obed first. That's your squad, Obed. Do you like the you like the pickup? I'm sure you do because you were going with Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer into the uh, into the, uh, uh, the new season. So let me ask you: Will he be the starter day one? And does really the, does the reward outweigh, outweigh the risk here? Do it because of the injury factor that he brings. Pardon me. Uh, yeah, thank you, uh, Sherman. He absolutely the risk uh, weigh, outweighs the reward, knowing that you're getting MVP caliber player. Uh, you know, top. 100 player in the NFL anytime he's healthy and can play. 
Um, does he make is, is he the starter? He's absolutely the starter. But to be quite honest, I was actually looking forward to seeing what Jared Stidham could put out there. But I was actually more looking forward to Brian Hoyer being the starter because the Patriots offense is beer pong. And if you as a beer pong player are not hitting water in the bottom of the cup, it's not going to work. So when I look at Cam Newton, he's overthrowing the table. He's hitting off the rim off the side, hitting off the rim off the side, throwing it short. He might get one in and it might be a big play, but he doesn't throw and hit water consistently enough for me to feel like he's going to do anything. We know what Julian Edelman is and Julian Edelman isn't. But Julian Edelman is a precision type player that is looking for the pass to be where he's supposed to be. And you can only get that from a guy like who won on a repaired shoulder, excuse me, a, a multiple surgery repaired shoulder. I don't know if he can take hits on that. When you bring in Cam Newton, you bring him in to run. He has a foot that had a previous list Frank injury. So his ability to run, I, I assure you, is probably hampered compared to what we've known. His ability to throw is probably also hampered. And for a quarterback, your bread and butter is to be able to hit windows and that guy has never hit enough windows for me even in his uh M his uh mvp season when he went to the super bowl he was hitting 54 percent of his shots he was a free he had a, a, a percentage of uh passes made a excuse me, completion percentage of 54 percent which is just not good enough tom brady had a 62 percent coming out of michigan okay um <laughs> Don't, don't look at the new england patriots as anything more than a team that's going to try to leverage a defense that has been decimated by their uh, uh people opting out Right. Uh, and I, I would I would hesitate to look at them as more than a nine-win team at best. Yeah. You know, we've been um, doing this show for quite some time, and, you know, we all watch different sports stations and sports networks and the, different opinions. And I got to say, it's probably the first time I heard anyone compare a player to beer pong. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I like it, Obed. Um, way, to bring, way to bring in the uh, college atmosphere into the, into the mix so I, I will say I appreciate that. Chris, quickly, just your thoughts on Cam Newton to the Pats. I think it was a win-win for both parties. Uh, Cam Newton needs to, like, revive his career at this point, you know, like, getting let go from the team where he was the franchise quarterback. Um, I, I think it's a great opportunity for him to prove that he's still an MVP, you know, top, like you said, about a top 100 player in this league. But at the same time, it's a win for the Patriots because they've had they, they've tanked. They they they've had on record more players that have opted out for health related issues in this season. So they are in the you know like last year it was the tank for Tua. It's the tank for Trevor. Uh, you know, <laughs> at this point, you know, so you have the Trevor Lawrence. You know, yeah, you, you, you have a couple guys. You have the Ohio State quarterback. Can't remember his name right now. Um, Justin Fields. Justin Fields. You have a couple of really good prospects. And you know what? Look at this. It's, it's the first time in the Patriots' history in 20-plus years they have not had Tom Brady at the 20, helm. 20, exactly. 20. So you know, it's, been, it's been almost 30 years since we haven't had a Hall of Fame quarterback at the helm because we exactly. had Drew Bledsoe. So before that, exactly. You're right. So, so, so looking at it, like, you know, they're looking at it like, hey, this is a win-win for us. If we're the Patriots, hey, great. If, if Cam comes out here and blows this stuff up, we get a 10-11 win season, we make a strong run in the playoffs, that's great for us. But you know what? And like To a best point, we're an 8-9 win team, maybe 7 win team, and you know what? It doesn't matter, and we still end up getting, you know, we'll trade because we have all the draft picks we have, get a top 10 pick, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, we get our quarterback in the future. It's a win-win. It's a great pick for the – and this hurts me to say, guys, I'm a Steelers fan. I was just going to say the here, is, well, is the Steelers the fan well. saying we and us in this statement right now? Because <laughs> no, listen, I'm a Steelers what? fan. I, I bleed black and gold. The Patriots are the most well-run organization in not just football, but all professional sports. Yeah, I got no. No one's arguing that how they run the organization is bad at all. Not at all. But yeah, I think Cam will be the starter day one. It was absolutely the right thing to do. Pick him up. Moving along here, um, man, money. I feel like money has just been thrown around the NFL as of as of late. Um, George Kittle, former 49ers, 49ers tight end, getting paid, getting his five years, seventy five million dollar extension, coming with the highest paid tight end in the league. Um, uh, Pro Bowl uh, D tackle from the Chiefs, Chris Jones getting paid $85 million, 60 guaranteed. And of course, his teammate and probably the best player in the NFL, quarterback and Super Bowl winning MVP, 
Patrick Mahomey Mahomes gets the biggest contract in sports history, as we all know from a few weeks back, upwards of $500 million, which is absolutely ridiculous. I got to ask both of you guys this question. Chris, I'll let you go first here quickly. Is any athlete worth that amount of money? Absolutely. You're worth what someone is willing to pay you. I will never understand that ever. When someone asks that question, are you worth something? Yes, you are worth what someone is willing to pay you. Is that your net worth to the value that you're providing and the service you're providing? Absolutely, 100%. Go get it, Patrick Mahomes. Boom. <laughs> nice. Oh, oh, Ben, I mean, is it really worth basically all sort of like, you know, devaluing, not devaluing, I guess same with my word before, hemorrhaging your future because now they may not be able to pay guys in the future in, in signing, you know, other off-seasons because let's say some guys leave later on, how are they going to pay the other other uh, position players? So this is when I feel like the NFL does actually make an attempt to try to be smart at things and when they want to, when the player care about the player and they care about the situation. And so, because my concern was when they paid this guy this much money or contributed to his, his just that portion to him, what happens to the rest of the team in the future, right? Because this is like an 11-year pact for them, essentially, uh, or excuse me, it's a 10, 11-year pact for them for half a million, half a billion dollars. Uh, to Chris's point, you are worth what anyone's willing to pay you. But if you look at the Patriots as an example, Rob Kraft bought that team for $175 million. Uh, it, and I can't remember what year that was. I think it was like 92 or 93, something like that. Uh, and now they're worth $4.1 billion. That $4.1 billion comes from the fact that somebody took you to nine Super Bowls and won six of them. And the fact that your name, the name of your franchise was always on the tip and tongue of everyone. And I have people coming up to me and they're just like, oh, I don't hate the Patriots. I just hated Tom Brady. That is the Thanks. baddest man. That is the guy who made you guys uh, uh, something. Um, because, you know, at, at this point, I think, we're, I, think we're good. Uh, I, I think at this point, what we need to look at is, all right, these guys put a product on the field. It's the Jerry Krause dynamic. We love and applaud Jerry Krause for putting this team together. But the Bulls are the Bulls because of Jordan, because of Pippen, because of Rodman, because of Steve Kerr, because of, you know, of course, Grant. That's the reason why people in France know who the Bulls are, not because Jerry Krause put a team together. They he put a team together, but they performed. Now, to your point, uh, Sherman, about how do they pay other guys, this is one of the most genius things that, that I've seen a team come up with. The way they are paying Patrick Mahomes is in roster bonuses tied to him being on the team. So while his base salary in 2020 is 825 grand, 990 grand, a half a mil, his base salary doesn't go up to the average level of a quarterback until 2029, where he's making $20 million, $20.5 million. But to that point, he's almost always almost made like $300 million in roster bonuses, 21 million roster bonuses this year, 27 million next year, 34 after that, 35, 39, 40. They found a way to pay him that isn't going to hurt them in the salary cap range but their bottom line is going to be like do we actually have the cash to back that which might be a problem in the future um but they're they're thinking that he's going to be able to make right. it work with these lower tier guys i mean i mean tom i guess you can say because tom brady made it some years making with lower tier guys so i mean can patrick mahomes do the same thing i think we all know his ability on the field i think he certainly can no matter who's really out there at, at receiver or at back you know um i think they, as long as here's the thing as long as andy reed is out there with him because remember Brady had Belichick the entire time. If Mahomes has Andy Reid the entire time, it could certainly work. Now you throw in some, you know, some head coach who doesn't have much experience, you know, in the game, things like that. Then things can change. Can they win multiple Super Bowls with him at the helm? Absolutely. Again, compare. Look at the Patriots. You know, same thing. You have your ultimate franchise guy. This guy's been in the league three years, one MVP, won a Super Bowl MVP, and a championship. He didn't Brady, deserve that Super Bowl MVP. No, that's, Dam that's Damian Williams. That's Damian Williams MVP. And when the Patriots gave it to Tom Brady, they should have gave it to James White. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes threw almost threw a game, the game away with so many turnovers in that game. Damian Williams not only sealed it, but kept the chains moving so that they could keep possession while Patrick yes, Mahomes was jittery back there. You can't just give it to the quarterback because he had three Super Bowls, three, three touchdowns. He put them in the positions that they were in. And if Emmanuel Sanders catches that pass, excuse me, if Jimmy Garoppolo throws, throws that better pass, pass, right, and doesn't yes. go like four for 11 on, on passes in the fourth quarter, we're not talking about Patrick Mahomes. It's the, super, it's the 49ers yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah, but right? Garoppolo so he, overthrew Sanders. Patrick Mahomes did not deserve that. Yeah. I'm just happy for, for Andy Reid, honestly, guys. Like, Andy Reid is one, probably one of the best guys in all of sports, not just football. He's one of the best genuine human beings 
uh, of all the of the college, you know, professional sports Coach. coaches that I've seen. Like he, Andy Reid, I'm so happy he, for him. He does it the right he, way. He does the right way. And he had the chance with Don McNabb, T.O. And, you know, he had those opportunities. Andy Reid is a generally good guy, good coach. And I hope this just goes to show, like, how good of a coach he is and he, how he's matriculated his coaching style and how he's done things differently over multiple decades into now what he's doing with Patrick Mahomes. So, yes, Patrick Mahomes is a once-in-a-generation time, you know, talent. But, like, Andy Reid is a legitimately great coach. So let's, let's not forget about what Andy Reid has done in I, multiple I agree. his location. I 100% agree with you, Chris. I'm glad he was able to get a, get a championship before he his, goes. His DNA is everywhere right now. Like, look at all these teams running his playbook. You've got the Chicago Bears. You've got the Philadelphia Eagles. All these guys are running his work. You know, so. Yeah, 100%. Moving, moving along, guys. Um, you know, some teams in the around the league have already announced that there will be uh, no fans in the stands. Um, I'm wondering if it'll, it will be across the board. We know because you know, the Jets and Giants already announced there will be no fans because of New Jersey rules. Um, in Philadelphia, the kind of same thing with the Eagles. I think recently Jerry Jones, he said that his plan is to have fans in the stands in the uh, in Cowboys Stadium. Um, but really, how many other – organizations will actually adapt this rule how many will take the risk chris and actually allow people in the arenas here and in, and, and at what capacity do you think it'll actually happen chris at the end of the day it all comes down to the legality standpoint uh what what are you willing to sacrifice what are you willing to risk i mean so to what i personally think um i think a 25 to 35 percent capacity would be fine uh you could sit people six ten feet apart do what you need to do, mask, cleanse, clean, do whatever you want to do. But I don't think you're going to see a lot, honestly, Sherman. I mean, look look at the Big Ten. We're going to have in college football. Big Ten, Pac-12. Started it. We're hoping the rest of college football goes along. I don't know if it's going to happen. But at the end of the day, I mean, look at it. I don't think from a legality standpoint, people do not want to be on the forefront of, you know, the precedent of being sued being you know held liable for what's going on you know you you have athletes to go and go home to their parents grandparents people that are more susceptible to this virus unfortunately they get sick unfortunately die from it then trickle down effect is where did this come from and i think that is what it's going to come down to so i think you're not going to see any fans in any sense not even this year i'm thinking for another year or two years after this Wow, that's a definitely a bold prediction there, Chris. I mean, look at look at look Green Bay. The Packers president actually just said eight percent of season ticket holders have already opted out on their own. So you know, I think this is going to be a problem. Obed, um, I mean, how different will the NFL look without just empty and these huge, huge empty arenas here, dude? And I mean, is it is it are other will other teams actually try to have fans? I mean, will it actually work? Because I feel like it's going to be too difficult to keep people separated. You're not going to have concession stands. You're not going to have merchandise stands with people because people are crowding for getting, trying to get food and things like that. So I think if you do have fans in the arenas, you have to cut all that out. It's just going to people just, people just sitting there chilling, you know what I mean, by themselves, you know, and, how do, and you're going to have to have people along the aisles enforcing social distancing, unless, you know, within groups, unless they come together. How, how will it work, Obed, either way? So I, you know, so I, after I saw that we were going to cover this, I went through and looked and said how many teams actually have something. I think they have like five or 10 teams that have on record stated what they want to do. Falcons are saying 10 to 20,000 fans with flexibility for the final four home games, depending on how things happen. Baltimore says significantly reduced seating. Uh, Cincinnati saying the same thing and no tailgating because tailgating is huge in the Midwest. Um, you mentioned about Green Bay. They said they're doing no fans for the first two games, but they're not committing to anything after that. We ha Again, the, you have to think of some of these markets and what their politics are. Jacksonville has already said 25% capacity and that they'll increase based on state and local safety. They are in Florida. If Florida, if John, Ron, John DeSantos comes out here and it's like, uh, yeah, we're opening up, I'm absolutely certain they're going to be like, okay, you can come to the game and whatever the hell happens, whatever the hell happens. It's just going to be us watching Florida be Florida. Um, yeah, I mean, Las Vegas, I think, is the, is the biggest one because Las Vegas has already come out and said, hey, we're not doing any fans. Las Vegas is a brand-new team opening up a brand-new, beautiful stadium. They have no income coming in because they have no fans. Wow, right. Yeah, that's going to hurt for sure. 
I mean, they were expecting, obviously, a brand-new, quote-unquote, team, brand-new arena, and now you can't even open the doors? I mean, what does that do to your franchise, you know? Like you said, you don't, you will not have the ticket revenue. You will not have the merchandise revenue. You will not have the concession stand revenue. You know, there will be a lot of money lost here, you know? Um, will fans even still tune in just because, you know, I mean, I'm sure they will. But, you know, and I think they will try to leverage – more um uh i guess what tv revenue in the in this case you know try to get maybe get the get the games on more networks but man do you these organizations are going to lose millions and mil- if not billions of dollars they're talking about nfl losses uh, in a new york times article i found uh close to two and two to four billion dollars of lost revenue because of wow the, these just the, the lockout and all the situation yeah yeah guys there's there's so much more that goes into this just the health and safety of obviously everyone involved, which is of the utmost importance. But I mean, like, but like, there's so much more that goes into this. And and I was talking to a friend about this the other day. I said, you know what, guys, and, you know, th- this virus, it, it's not going anywhere. You know, <laughs> it's not, go- Fauci even said, this is going to be with us forever. And, and like, unless we kind of plan on like, you know, living with this forever, you kind of understand and have to adapt to the situation, like what's going to happen. So, I mean, like I, I just feel bad for everyone and like all these situations, everything that's going on, like it, it's unbelievable for especially the small, medium sized business owners. Like Oh my god. I Somebody mean, like, in Cincinnati is business like, is about what, to go under because they can't contract their work workers do, out mean, to the stadium. It's unbelievable, guys. I mean, at some point you just have to kind of be like, Hey, this is it is what it is and we have to kind of live with it and move on. Like, like we, we just kind of like have to live with it and unfortunately like deal with the certain, like, so I'm an, you guys know, I'm an ice hockey official. I had to sign a waiver. I did, I did a tournament last weekend. I had to sign a waiver prior to doing it. Basically staying like, Hey, something happens. I get sick. Tournament league is not, yeah, you can't sue them basically. Exactly. That's what's going to have to happen through all every, every affiliate of every league going on forward, which is why I don't understand why the Big Ten and the Pac-12 were so quick to cancel their seasons because it's like, hey, if their students can go back on campus, why can't the athletes do the same thing and sign the exact same waiver that mm-hmm. says, like, hey, we are saying no, I Yeah, that makes yes. sense. We'll get into that. Yeah, no, dude, it's it's 100%. Obviously, the health of everyone is the obviously the biggest priority, but, you know, obviously being a, a sports name talk show, we want to focus on that. But, yeah, no, I 100%, Chris, I agree with you that, yeah, that is the most important thing. But, yeah, it's going to be a dude, this ain't going nowhere anytime soon. I mean, people think I, – I didn't think it would have lasted this long. I'll be honest. I'm one of those people. I didn't think it was going to last this long, but now that it has – there is no quote unquote cure out there for that, you know, and it, it's just something that we're going to, like you said, Chris, going to have to deal with it for quite some time. And unfortunately, this is what it's going to look like for, for a while. Can they more, more, can more precautions be made and thought of? Uh, yes, hopefully. Uh, Obed, did you want to jump in here? Sorry. Yeah, I just, I, I was going to say, I mean, I think they just need to get to trying to have people outside, have outdoor pavilions, have people social distance. They just had a social distance outdoor uh, concert in uh, the UK and everybody had their own little booth. It, people still bought tickets. They still made some kind of revenue, right? Like get, just start doing that, right? You look at other countries, people in the, in South Korea were wearing masks, face masks when they were going to work par for the course for like the, you know, most of existence of the, of the, you know, advanced Korea as it is right now, mm-hmm. because you do that to protect others around you, right? It's about having a level of empathy right. and understanding that we're all in this together and this is what we need to do, right? Open out the outdoor pavilions. Just show it on big screens and have people pull up and, and watch the game in their car. Let them tailgate in groups of smaller than 10 by themselves and then make sure that they leave in enough spacing, right? People just don't want to put a plan together and do the work. And that's what's pissing me off the most. Right. I'm tired of hearing that this is the greatest country in the world. And when you tell them to come up with a solution to something, we can't do it. Oh, it's too hard. Oh, we can't. What, what are you? Snowflakes. The people in charge are snowflakes. You, you have billions of dollars. You just transfer trillions of dollars to a bunch of no-name uh, 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 swamp monsters that are friends of the president. Come on. Figure out and get everybody back out there. If Germany is doing it and was able to start the Bundesliga and now Bayern is out here kicking the ass out of teams like Barcelona, come on. People have figured it out. Don't act like you just sit on your hands and then go to recess again without coming up with a solution. Come on. Make a plan. 
Words of wisdom from, from Obed, dude, I, dude, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, well, well said, sir. Well said. Um, lastly, before we end our NFL discussion here, the NFL Network came out the list of the top 100 players for 2020. I'm sure hopefully you guys got a chance to look at it. Um, number one was kind of, I guess, not so surprising, the current uh, reigning MVP, Lamar Jackson, quarterback out of Baltimore. Um, Aaron Donald came in at number three. I thought, you know, he would be at least at least no lower lower than two, <laughs> if not number one. Um, but for me, I know I'll, I'll ask you guys this, if you guys have any concerns with the list, any objections, I cannot understand how Julio Jones came in at number 11. For me, I, to me, he's the best receiver. And because like I said, I've said this before, when I think of a receiver, if I want to build a wide receiver in a booth, press some buttons, give me the height, give me the size, give me the hands, give me the speed. Who do I want to come out with? Julio Jones. That's the man I want to enter. 50-50 ball, he's the man I want going for that. Deep routes, he's the man I want going for it. So I, I just can't believe Julio came at number 11. I was a little shocked by that. Um, other than that, I'm kind of okay with the list. Um, a couple other ones, I think Darius Slay came in a little low. I think he came in at, what, 92? Um, Phil Eagles just dropped what fifty million dollar contract on one of the well, probably one of the best corners in the league, and he came at number ninety two. That was pretty surprising to me. Um, other than that, uh, Obed, your thoughts on the top one hundred? I had to stop after Teron Matthew is ranked as the thirty ninth best player out of a hundred in the NFL. <laughs> I, I just and this you listen to the write up that they did. Matthew's play was so nice. They had to name him All-Pro twice. He finished his first season in KC with four ins and 12 pass breaks up. Uh, but there was this comment here where uh, he was the only safety from weeks 10 to 17 to not allow a touchdown and have three-plus interceptions and pass breakups. A strong stretch, not cer- strong stretch that certainly helped stabilize the Chiefs' back end on the Super Bowl run. Teron Matthew is a free safety that plays inside the box. That means that he's actually playing closer to the line of scrimmage. He's actually not in the back hawking. That's not what Teron Matthew did in order to stabilize a defense that played in the dime, which means they played with six defensive backs out there, which means that they just, they were so porous up front in the run that they just wanted to have a bunch of guys out there. Teron Matthew was not playing back there. I, I, I applaud him for what he did, but out of a, the top hundred players out of the 2000 that play in the NFL, Teron Matthew is not the, the 39th best player. I'm, I'm sorry. Chris, any other objections to the list? or anything you would change? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? I mean, come on, guys. I mean, to put Lamar Jackson as number one, I mean, I get it. He's a reigning NFL MVP. I get it. But, like, court, even from his position of quarterback, I'll put two, if not three, quarterbacks above him. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes. Holmes. He's he, he mm-hmm. reigning MVP. Like, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, number one. <laughs> right. Future NFL MVP. Like, I, uh, Hall of Famer Patrick Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers. And Russell Wilson, I would put all above him just on the quarterback standpoint. Then yeah, yeah, you have a running. Aaron Rodgers came in at sixteen on the list. Which I is- know, <laughs> dude. And this is this is uh, re- voted by the players apparently. So uh, I mean, some players are just dumb. Obviously, these guys have CTE. You, guys, I don't, you know, you're kidding me? Or and you're then, just, like, just drinking haterade on the sideline. Look at the running backs. Two. Saquon Barkley, Saquad Barkley, as, as as we all know from Penn State, <laughs> and then Christian McCaffrey. I mean, then you have a difference with Aaron Donald. I mean, I mean, it's guys. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I feel no. like they did this on no on, on future potential. I feel like they based it on because he had such an electrifying season. Like, oh, he he's going to end up being great. But don't get me wrong. Lamar Jackson had one of the most, if you want to call it, like exciting electrifying years and NFL history, just like Michael Vick did in 2001. But guess what? Michael Vick was an MVP for one year, just like Lamar Jackson. And guess what happened? Michael Vick, great career, phenomenal Hall of Fame career, but did he transform the league? Well, let's just say there's there's murmurings. There's murmurings from people right now that Lamar Jackson was running a very simple offense. We're gonna see what they look like this year. I'll say that this. little dink and duck stuff is you know. If if Michael Vick didn't quote unquote go on vacation, <laughs> um, what what would have been in him in Atlanta? No, great talent. No, but I'm saying like, but, but to, to put like like Lamar Jackson and put you know someone like Patrick Mahomes and even Aaron Rodgers in the same like come on like. They're different people. Like, let's be honest. Like, 
like Lamar Jackson was phenomenal. He might be the most athletic guy that's ever played that position, but to put him as the number one in this NFL ranking of like the top players, are you kidding me? I could, I could put 20 <laughs> ahead of him. <laughs> like, yo, come on. I get it. He's great. He was awesome, but come This on. is the new NFL. They love this. This is the hype of semi. And you look at Lamar's season. He beat a bunch of bad teams. People are just, oh, look at the spin move against the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm -hmm. They were tanking for Joe Burrow. And then he's like, oh, man, look at how many touchdowns he had against Miami. Miami was a dumpster fire at the beginning of the season. Tank, tanking for Tua. I would love I mean, to, Tua. I would like, love to why are we... like a 40-year pass over the, over the middle when no one's covering it because they don't care because they're putting all the safeties on their third string safety. And yes, I would love to throw against that defense. That's awesome. Right, exactly. Like, I think they were taking people out of the stands to play defense for them. Oh my if, God. You, if you take off the, a lot of those multiple touchdown games he had against bad teams, you know, he toasted the Arizona Cardinals, another bad defense that played through the year last year. They didn't even have Patrick P uh, uh, Peterson out there when he played them. So what are you well, like, come on, you know, it's, it's, um, it, yes, I would agree with Chris. It's, it's some hype. It's some, you know, very oh. much hype, very much clickbaity, and that's the shout out to Aaron Rodgers talking about the clickbait out here. Um, because it just, <laughs> Yo, it's Aaron the, Rodgers, I don't care what Aaron says. That man is still a bad man. And dude, watch that well, guy, watch that guy do something really, really nasty this year. I'm telling you right now. Oh, well, like first. sign for the Bears? No. Oh. Aaron first. I'm telling you, watch oh. that man do something disgusting this year. Aaron Rodgers will be gone in Green Bay in the next two years, and the next two he'll be gone out of Green Bay. Thank Facts. God. Hey, you're, so not, you're not re-signing him at 37 years old for $133 million. And Ben, ben might not make it back to the – Ben Rogers in, into, into the Steelers. There's three more championships. I'm good. Go. <laughs> yeah, you hope. Go. Yeah. Let's go. You hope. <laughs> oh, dear Lord, baby oh. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Let's move it along here. Um, we want to get into some college football news and action, of course. I mean, there's – obviously, we've mentioned it a couple times between you guys – um, but let's just get right into it. As we all know, there are conferences left and right canceling, uh, canceling their seasons, canceling their entire sports events for the fall and even throughout the year. It's, it all started with UConn canceling their football season. And, you know, Big Ten said they were going to play in conference games only. The Pac-12 said the same thing, and ACC joined them in, you know, think everything like that. Then it, just recently, the Big, T Big Ten and Pac-12 officially have canceled their seasons, even the Pac-12 saying they're canceling all – uh, sports through 2020 um how does this change the i feel like this changes really the entire landscape of college football this year some people think just because the sec is still in there and the acc and the big 12 they, they, everything's fine everything's copacetic i really don't to me if you don't have all teams in there i don't think a championship will be quote-unquote legitimate you know it's kind of like saying you have 20 employees at your job. You're all vying for employee of the year, but 18 out of your employees get suspended. So they're not eligible for, they're not, or, or they take off. So they're not eligible. So it only comes down to you and another person. You win employee of the year over one other person. Did you really win employee of the year? Or, or did you just get it just because everyone else had to drop out because they got suspended? You know? So I really don't think it's going to be the same at all. Um, even we talked about Justin, we mentioned Justin Fields before, Chris, he actually just started a petition to launch the big 10 season. I don't think it's going to work, <laughs> you know. Um, I'll, I'll go to you, Chris, first. Just give me your thoughts quickly on these conferences canceling, canceling their entire sports uh, football seasons and things like that. And what do you think about other conferences continuing to move forward? Well, unfortunately, uh, Sherman, you know, it, like you said, it doesn't matter. If other conferences are going to cancel, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. I mean, <sighs> I feel bad for these kids. Honestly, it, it's about the kids. It's a legality issue. It has nothing to do with health and safety. It's all about legal issues. I don't know if you guys saw this, but the Big Ten commissioner for the entire Big Ten, his kid plays for Mississippi State, tight end. His kid is playing for Mississippi State this year, but yet the Big Ten cannot play. Very contradictory, right? Um, Oh, gosh, guys, I, I feel it's so unfortunate because these guys work so hard for, like, what they're trying to accomplish and what they're trying to do with their lives. And, like, to, to just stop and, like, honestly, guys, it's making me too upset, honestly. Like, <laughs> like, All right, we'll, 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 we'll come back to you, Chris Obed, here. I mean, do you feel that 
the ACC, you know, having the 11 game schedule and they even added Notre Dame into their conference this year, the SEC, the big 12 kind of moving forward. Do you think that they, this is the right thing for them to do or they should, or should they follow the steps of the big 10 and the Pac 12? It's going to come down to your politics. It's going to come down to the, the polices in the South don't even believe that COVID-19 is a real issue. Uh, and I think at the core, this is a unionized issue versus a non-unionized issue. This, the individuals that would be championing on the players' behalf would be lawyers, would be, uh, you know, these are, these are, so many of these are minors, people under the age of 21. Uh, on the, well, they're under the age of 18 is what makes you a minor, excuse me, depending mm -hmm. on who you are. Um, but, you know, they would probably have to have some kind of, and I'm sure their parents are going to want to make sure that they have the best litigation on there. And imagine saying that a student athlete is a unionized player so that you know that their health benefits are taken care of, you know that they, uh, their salaries are being uh, uh, insured against because anyone in the union is making money and that money has to be insured in some way because they have bills to pay. Whoa, big problem there. Because then these are not students, these are amateurs. And if they are amateurs, they should be paid per their wage like you would pay someone in international rules football. You sign a contract, we pay you weekly, right? And, the, and college football does not want that. This is the reason why college football shut down uh, college football's their video game with EA Sports because they weren't paying the kids. They saw the money they were making. So they're just like, oh, the game doesn't exist anymore and just stop making it because the, the amateurism, the only reason that all this stuff is so ambiguous is because of amateurism. Um, do I think they should not play? I think they should play if they find a way to make it safe. Obviously, they're not even trying to put a plan together. Like it's just either you shut down or you don't. Put a plan together. Tell me what rubric you used. What on the medical side? Who are you talking to? What could, what have you put in place? Obviously, the schools are opening up. Kids are going back, right? Like colleges are still charging kids for uh, full tuition. And it would be nice, even if nobody can watch the games, they can at least view the games while the players play. They're charging well, these kids for rent if they're not even so, in the, the apartment buildings, dude. They're trying to collect their money. So, 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 so Abed, like, so you're, you're saying, Abed, I, I agree with what you're saying, Abed, by the way. Yeah. But, like, what, so what, to your definition, what would be quote unquote safe? Like, if you have kids going back to school, like, like Sherman said, like, they're going back, they're going to their dorms, you know, whatever. Like, what is safe? Like, what, 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 what could you define as safe to make people think that, like, oh, it's okay for these kids to go back and perform, you know, do, like, do, like, what, like, what, what is safe? Do they all have to wear a mask? Is it, like, oh, it's only X amount of hours per day, like, they can be in? Like, yeah. what is safe? Because here's the thing, like, again, this virus is not going anywhere. Yeah. 10 years from now, this virus is going to be here. So, like, what is safe? Like, and, and I'm just asking genuinely. No, no, no. It's a, it's a good question. It's a good question. Like, I, I'm trying to advocate on both sides here that, like, hey, obviously, I think of the economic impact and I think about what it means for some of these individuals. Hey, restarting the season in, uh, early in spring, great. The NFL's not going to stop. So, if a kid gets injured right before the draft and he loses his draft slot or his draft capital, that, that is, it's going to, apparently it's just, is what it is, right? Like, and, and, and that's why, like, as much as I think part of me is concerning with Trevor Lawrence uh, and Hey, if he goes to the Patriots, whatever, they already have a, a kicker with a three percenter tattoo. Um, so, you know, Trevor Lawrence coming out with the, I, we, we want to play. And then Mike Pence coming out, we want to play. I see where your, where your allegiances lie. Uh, my concern is that once they cancel the season for him in the South, he's just going to sign a contract for endorsement and make $40 million and then automatically just start working out and become the first pick in the draft next year. So I don't know why he gives a flying shit whether they play or not. I digress. I digress. Pardon my French. Uh, Dude, the high school kids are even opting out. Protect their, uh, their number one recruit, the quarterback, I think his uh, name is Jack Sawyer. He's opting out of his, his senior high school season just so he can get ready for college. And, and you know, I, you know, they, it's, it's, and so at some point, we're either going to have to get serious about the amateurism uh, pact of it, the amateurism, the, the, the unionization of them and protecting these players, not students, players, because when it comes down to being a student, I remember being a college kid. I know you guys remember being a college kid. Ah, wake up, eat something off of a plate that's been dirty as shit that never got ran, using my French, ran through the, the dishwasher, right? And then go to a party and be around a whole bunch of people. And we're all playing beer pong, drinking out of the same cups. We used to all drink out of the same cups. That ball would hit the ground and come back with three hairs and two dust mites and put it right in the water. And that's how you <laughs> it. Okay. Let's like, go. let's, 
right? And then you're going, hey, you better play defense. Um, uh, but so yeah, I, I y'all, y'all were some dirty, y'all were some dirty fools in college. Um, I played beer pong with you. Yep, no, no, I'm saying <laughs> right. <laughs> I will not let tell lie. I was there with them. Uh, and Chris makes got, an absolute point. Yeah, I ain't got no Clorox wipes down. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, absolutely. What Clorox wipes? If we didn't steal toiletries from the from the student dorms, I probably wouldn't have anything in the place anyway. So let's be honest. Uh, so yeah, um, I, I, Chris, you're right. There really is no way to keep a student safe. But if this is a player, if this is a person that we have an investment in, a vested interest in because they make us billions of dollars a year every time they play, we would isolate and protect them the way that we protect any asset. And because college football ownership and leadership does not want to come to the table and be honest about that and then change the dynamic, then maybe, hey, you could bubble up those kids and say, hey, you have to learn the way uh, of being socially distanced from everyone and we'll have your teachers come and teach you in the bubble and you remain in the bubble. There are no parties. There are no anything. You're focused on football because you have a vested interest. You are on a team that makes money for the entire school because of this amateur sport we allow you to play at this level before you get a chance to show your, your skills and then go to the pros, right? Nobody wants to have that conversation. So it's just going to be at this, this very ambiguous situation. But there's, but there's no way to really like, like actually understand like what like okay so yes i agree with you everything every every stipulation everything you would try to put in place makes sense i entirely agree with you but like if you're like said student athlete college person are you gonna try to realistically tell me they're not gonna go like off the radar off the grid so to speak and go to a yeah. party off-site where there's no one being social distancing not wearing masks oh they're not hooking up with said guy girl depending on your orientation, like, yeah. and, and things are going to happen. And, and, and like, and, and the thing is though, like the, 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 like the college football is going to be like, when you sell these like positive tests come up, which are going to happen, let's be honest, they're yeah. going yeah. to happen. You're going to see yeah. a lot of college positive tests and they're going to try to say like, Oh, it's because of like, Oh, these athletes are competing as each other. They're they're playing these games or they're doing that. But it couldn't just be because they're going back to their dorm rooms and partying and hanging out and doing whatever. And but you know, they have a roommate who's not socially distancing, right? right? He has this guy who's just a random that lives with a football player is just dirty as hell and just doesn't take care of himself or whatever. But yeah, you just the and that's what I'm trying to say. Thirty thousand like, kids on campus. Like, and that and that and it goes systemic to like all things. It has nothing to do like college football, but like every aspect of life. When you see all these like increasing like numbers of like oh like oh we're exponentially more in this state x y and z oh and now we shut down like bars we shut down restaurants as it is but it couldn't just be because like people are just hanging out with their family members and they're you know transmitting but like we have to say it's because of restaurants it's because of college football it's because of this because of gyms like and now we shut down those things specifically like that's accentuating the circumstance like it's crazy like that's why I'm like, I don't understand. Like, so your point I guess, I'm like, because like, honestly, I think I said before on the show that I thought it was a 70% chance that we would not have college football. And it's, I feel like it's getting to that point. I mean, should they really continue the season without these certain conferences and certain teams playing? Because if they don't have everyone in, you're not going to have a lot of the big marquee matchups now, yeah. you know, you're not going to have Ohio State versus, yeah. let's say, you know, an NSCC team, but you know, you know, you're not going to have uh, Florida versus Oklahoma as you would, you know. Um, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to change things a lot. And I think it will affect the college football rankings much most a lot because, you know, like you said, you're playing these in-conference games only. Okay, so where is the upsets going to come? Where is the Appalachian State over Michigan going to come from, you know? Where is these big random teams that are going to be playing over the big you – no, know, you're not going to have it. So – Every team may have some unexpected loss and things like that. You know, you don't have the big matchups. It's going to affect everything. That's why I don't think the season will be the same. It won't be for real. Dude, I don't think they should just cut it out the season, to be honest. Here's my thing. Just stop it. Don't have it. I don't think it will be worth it. As I said to my, to my analogy before, you know, I don't think it will be a legitimate season, a legitimate championship. I'm sorry. Like I said, SEC is one of the most – probably the biggest, biggest, most powerful conference in college football. The ACC is right up there too, you know. I, I, but even though they're playing, just because they're playing, everyone wants to say, oh, it's still the same. Big 10 and Pac-12, they're, they're, they're trash. You know what I mean? But still, you still have – you're not going to have the big matchups in all across the board. That's why I think they won't be the same. Um, you know, uh, but if they do have these games, do you think students and other fans should be allowed to attend these games, Chris? Or 
I mean, or they will just kind of do some sort of like capacity wise or, or even not at all. In all honesty, I, I think it depends on the, on, on, on the situation. It depends on the size of the stadium. Um, for example, like a Penn State, Ohio State, Notre Dame, all these 100,000. Like if you go 20, 30% capacity, which has already been rejected by, uh, the, you know, in Pennsylvania, the governor, uh, Tom Wolf, gone. So like, if you're at 20,000, 30,000 capacity, which would literally put you one every 10 feet, I don't understand why you couldn't, but honestly, I think we've seen a lot of success to a Beth's point earlier. Um, I think we've seen a lot of success with the professional sports, NBA specifically, um, without the fans. It's it's actually done quite well. Um, and you haven't had a lot of uh, the lot of the backlash you would have with fans. So, but they won't be in a, they they won't be in a bubble like the NBA. The NBA is working because they're in a bubble. You're still going to be have to travel and cross country things like that. That's why yeah. I really said this wouldn't work. They're still going to have to like just like in baseball. Why do you think things happen? They had an outbreak. They're still traveling all around. Now, granted, they're limiting with the in conference plays, so you won't have to you won't have you know USC traveling up to Notre Dame and things like that. You know, or like a like a Florida team going to play up in. Washington State you know what I mean so you won't have that as much but I still think it's still going to be an issue because they're not in an isolated type of situation that's why I really don't think it's too many you got what how many players are on a college football team 70 75 you know and you have all the personnel on the, it's just too many people you're, you're not going to be social no, no no I agree but here, here, at the end of the day like okay we shut down our economy for what almost two and a half three months right guys like completely besides like essential workers of like Postal people, you know, uh, you know, sort of government that, officials, yeah, government yeah. officials, uh, you know, food, all that, right? Gotcha. We shut up for almost three months. Guess what? Did it, did it, did it erect the virus? No, no, <laughs> no not at all. So we can do that again and we can shut down for six months, nine months, 12 months. It's not going to eradicate it. So my only point is like control the controllables, but at the end of the day, you're not going to affect the virus. It's going to continue to spread. So, like, what's your risk tolerance at the end of the day? Oh, oh Ben, your, your, your thoughts as we guys head out of here. Yeah, I, I, it's, I, I'm, I'm not willing to, and I had this conversation with a friend, put the risk tolerance out there. I don't have kids. I don't have kids. So I can't sit up here and be like, yeah, just make the kids go back and play, right? Yo, I mean, the mortality rate is low enough. It ain't zero, right? So kids are dying right? Whether we are saying they died of COVID or COVID showed something, because if you didn't know that you had an autoimmune deficiency disease, whatever, Crohn's disease, you having Crohn's disease could make you more susceptible to COVID and potentially die from it. And then that's how you find out that you had an autoimmune deficiency. Maybe you didn't have bad lungs, but you had something else that made you deficient. I can't put another child's life at risk for that and say, oh yeah, just go ahead and play. I can't, I can't, that I would be, I would be, it would be in unempathetic on my side right right so let me let me let me just ask you this one final question here before we head out then if schools and these teams do not allow fans in the stands how would it really affect outcome of games because we all know it really in the college football lot when you have you know a hundred thousand kids in a stadium chris you know this best as well as much as i do having you know been in an arena where penn state upsets ohio state with with that that arena that that noise that buying the student section things like that obed it will it really change the the outcome of, of games do you think with, without having these uh, uh, fans in the stands i do depending on the the team depending on the game i mean sometimes it's just having that 12th man behind you to t- and even i was going to use the point of the seattle seahawks qualcomm stadium is created to really amplify the noise from all the fans out there. So what did the Seahawks look like without the 12th man? Remember when Marshawn Lynch had that epic touchdown run, uh, it registered an earthquake, right? The seismic reading went off and it actually registered a real earthquake. That is the power of fans and stands for a team. And you take the fans out of it. I mean, if there's no energy, if there isn't one crazy person yelling for you, potentially your parent, potentially your brother or sister or family member, when you know that like all of the odds are against you, but hell, You've blocked a couple punts in your day. You've blocked a couple kicks in your day. Go see if you can block this kick. And, oh, look at that. App State just beats Michigan, right? Um, and I think that you need those fans to get that energy. Uh, but I don't think you can recreate it. Mm-hmm. That's it's Specifically, mm-hmm. sports, like you said, basketball, college football, I think 
they really live and die on like having fans out there. Co- basketball has has created it, has found a way to do it in the bubble. But college basketball is one thing I'll be looking for. Right, right. It's 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 definitely going to look a lot different this year. I mean, twenty twenty has been different altogether. I think we can all agree on that one. But man, uh, I'm I'm hoping that we do have you know sports back in action to the fullest extent sometime soon even though Chris has basically told us that the uh, end of the world is happening, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what's going to happen there. <laughs> no, no. I, I kid, of course, I kid, of course, but uh, Chris, Chris, you wanted to add something really quick before we head out? No, no, no. So bad to your point. I entirely agree with what you're saying. So uh, honestly, what I think at the end of the day, what this is going to like amount to is that it's going to actually show us who are the best teams in all these respective sports actually are, <laughs> because we're not going to have the fans to actually, like you say, like propel them to expense, like to like get the team going. Like you're actually seeing who the best teams are, the actual genuinely good teams are in all sports: basketball, baseball, hockey, football. You're gonna see that. Like who are the best teams? Who are the actually great players? The great teams. They're gonna like. All right, we're getting you to a championship, regardless of like home court advantage, home field advantage, fans, all that. So I think this is actually a great opportunity to actually show who the actually genuinely good teams are and the great players are in all these sports, not just like who are the – because I'm like, guys, you guys know, I'm a hockey fan. Hockey's probably one of those sports where, like, you have the hottest team, the hottest goaltender. That's the team that's going to win the championship. They're not always the greatest team, but that's the team that wins the championship. Just like, guys, remember Eli and Manning back, was it 08 or 09? When he won, when he won his first of two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Super Bowls. They weren't the best team. They just Not got hot. Team. They got hot at the right time. They got hot. Yeah. Guys got on them. The, the the fans got on them. Like you know, what I'm saying like yeah, you you, put, you, you do that same matchup nine out of ten. Uh, you uh, nine out of ten times the Patriots are going to win that match. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So I think like actually this like whole like bubble thing for all teams like hockey, soccer football, basketball, you're actually going to actually see who the actually generally great teams are because you're not going to have all these little, like, pseudo, like, pseudo, like, little, like, things that are, like, oh, this is, like, the hottest team. This is the home court advantage. This is, like, that are actually going to come into play. And you're going to see who the generally great teams are. So I think of any of it, this is – you're going to see who are the generally great teams. So when everyone tries to say, like, how do you validate these teams in their championships, I think this is going to be – the epitome of like these are the great teams i agree good teams are going to impose their will right like you look at over the weekend in the champions league semifinal match or quarterfinal match byron embarrassed barcelona right byron embarrassed them eight to two does that happen if they're playing at uh barcelona's playing at home and they have all their fans around them i don't know right i don't know the energy is completely different They'll, those fans will be behind them and try to do their best to will them uh, but when there's no home court advantage, there's no no fan support, it's, the best teams are just going to imp- impose their will on you, and nothing is going to be there to save you. That is a very very good point, brother. Both both of you, I, I, I actually I will agree with you guys there. But um, guys, I think that's going to do it for us this week here on What's the Word Entertainment. I am so glad to be back here in action. Um, Chris, good to see you once again, sir. We definitely appreciate you joining us as uh, one of our um, uh, uh, biggest and returning guests here, um, Obed. Definitely, man. Um, good to see you again, sir. I'm glad you guys are both safe and healthy and happy. Um, for everyone out there, uh, please be safe. Um, don't forget to check us out on soundcloud.com slash what's the word entertainment, of course, and also on Twitter at the WWENT. Uh, for Obed and Chris, I am Sherm. We will catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.